Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. everybody and welcome to the Teacher Turn Alchemist podcast. My name is Lydia. If you haven't joined me before, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. This is a verbal journal of my journey from a public school teacher to the world of entrepreneurship. I started and well, I left my job as a public school teacher May of 2020 and since then I have been pursuing a dream of mine towards opening a kombucha tap room in my local community. And I also want to pair that with another passion of mine. I was a special education teacher for the last seven years to adults with disabilities in a transition program, helping them develop job skills and other things like that. And I'd like to be on the other side, outside of the public school system, and open a business that will also be a training place for adults with disabilities. So I'm merging my passions of fermented foods and equal opportunities. And I'm so glad that you are here. I have so many exciting things to share with you. So we're just going to jump right in. I typically share what I am sipping on right away. And so today I am sipping on a little mocktail. Yesterday, I'll be real, I had some cocktails, plural. (laughs) It was a big day. It was a farmer's market day and I had a blast. But I indulged a little bit more in some cocktails. But today I'm having a nice refreshing mocktail using my rhubarb hibiscus shrub. If you're unfamiliar, a shrub is basically an infused apple cider vinegar. And I do a one-to-one parts of sugar, organic apple cider vinegar, as well as fruit. And I use rhubarb and hibiscus dried flowers. And what I did was I did about, mm, probably about an ounce of the rhubarb hibiscus. And then I put in a little bit of lime. I put in a couple sprigs of mint. It's growing like crazy in my backyard. So I just picked a couple of leaves there and then I topped it with sparkling water. And ooh, it is so refreshing, so very nice. And if you haven't tried some of my shrubs and you're local, I am located in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And so if you're local to the area and you wanna stop by at farmer's markets or you wanna reach out to me, I always deliver as well, let me know. Moving along, I wanted to do a little bit of an edit from last week's episode, which by the way, Thank you so much for all of you who reached out and just were appreciative of me being straightforward about all of my finances so far. If you haven't listened in, I kind of gave in this last time's episode on basically how much money I'm spending, where am I getting the money, and things like that. So I tried to be as transparent as I possibly could, but I did miss one big thing, and that was my labels. I can't believe I totally forgot about both ends. When I say both ends, one was the production of the labels, And the other was how much it actually costs to like create them and like design them. And so I wanted to go into that a little bit more just to be as transparent as possible. I wish I could put this into my last episode, but if you're following me and you listened to last week's episode, then okay, you'll be all caught up. But for my labels, I am using 12 ounce, essentially like beer bottles. They're clear. And I had this vision of, well... Let's be honest, I am not an artist whatsoever. I had a vision of what I wanted it to look like, but bringing that to life was crazy. I would sketch out some things, but it looked like crap. (laughs) It was really terrible, honestly. And I just wanted someone to help me bring this to life. Not to mention, not just the design was going to go on the bottle, but 
nutrition facts and making sure that I had the proper information needed if I wanted to go to wholesale and just be as transparent so people understand what the product is. I needed help and I do not have expertise in advertising and label design. So I contacted someone that is truly special to me and means so much, my brother. My brother actually went to school for advertising and he is amazing in his graphic design and understanding how the consumer will read a product and just how you can appeal to them the most. And so I I met with him. Uh, He lives in Indiana. And so we were meeting via Zoom for a while. And I was like, dude, I need so much help. I have this idea. He's like, I got you. I got you. And so I gave him my little mock-up which nothing against Canva, but I had gone into canva.com. I spent like hours on there. I came up with a really cool design and he was so kind about it, but he was like, so this is really neat. However, this really doesn't say anything about you and the business and your mission. And I want that to come across on this label. I'm so glad that he was real with me because I agree. I was proud of what I had created and it's all part of the process of learning, but it really didn't capture where I wanted to go in the business. And I was like, oh, can you help me? This is going to be so helpful if you can just come alongside me and give some tips, which he went above and beyond. And so what we ended up doing was he created uh, essentially the layout of the label. However, uh, if you've seen my uh, if you've seen my labels and if you go to my social media, it's I didn't even tell you what my business is called. If you're like listening from somewhere across the, the country or the world, our business is called Living Full Kombucha. So if you go to livingfullkombucha.com, you can see what my labels look like on my bottles. And you can see that I have some hand artwork and it's very detailed and beautiful. I cannot take any credit for that. But he suggested that uh, he had a buddy that could bring this to life a little bit more based upon what I was sharing about what I wanted to do with the hands. And so his name is Cody. He is amazing. And I'm going to link his uh, design page in the show notes if you're interested because I've gotten a lot of people asking questions about who did my designs. And he is amazing. He freehanded this. And uh, I cannot say enough positive words about him and my brother, but basically... They helped to create and bring this label to life and he helped me format the nutrition facts, made sure the font was easily readable as well as legal because apparently there's a font size that you have to have and you can't go below a certain size. So anyway, all of that put together, I ended up paying my brother nothing because he's a butthead and I love him and he just wants to see my dream take off. So I appreciate him so, so very much. And to be as transparent, um, I paid Cody $100 for about an hour or two hours of his time. And it would be a little bit more depending on if I wanted to go back and edit, but he literally knocked it out of the park the first time he sent me his proofs. I was like, this is it. This is exactly what I wanted. So I spent that on the design. And then I found a local business in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, which is only like five minutes away from my house called Badgerland. And they are great working with small businesses. Um, And so I was able to get 1,000 labels, so 333 of each of my three flavors of kombucha at the time because I didn't have shrubs quite yet. I was still working on shrubs and bringing them to life. But kombucha, I was able to spend right under $500 for 1,000 labels. So I just wanted to be as transparent as possible. That's how much the labels cost. And I am so proud and excited that I, I went ahead and did that. And now working with this local 
uh, labeling company, it is so nice because I can literally just drive down and meet with the people who are there. Heather, shout out to you. I don't know if you'll ever listen to this podcast, but I appreciate you. You've been working with me one-on-one and just helping me do that. And then when the shrubs came along, she came up with a great spectacular deal for that. And I paid about a similar price for that. Um, and we designed the label through Canva with my brother. And that's kind of where we're at today. So I'm, I'm very proud. And honestly, <laughs> I just had to put in another order for 1500 yesterday of additional labels. And that kind of leads me to this whole topic that I had for today's episode, which is I'm growing. This is huge. I feel like I'm growing out of my britches. And I said that because my mother-in-law, Melanie, I love her to death. She always says britches. <laughs> and so when I thought, oh, I'm growing so fast, I, I just thought of her saying, you're growing out of your britches. So anyway, I wanted to talk about how uh, supply and demand is going so far in the business and I moved and I throw all that into the beginning of farmer's market season and understanding the flows of that. So I have a lot to share and I am super excited. I want to jump back to a couple of months ago. And when I say a couple months, it might not even be two months. It might even be like a month and a half. It just seems like a blur. But a couple months back in about mid-April... I have been at a commercial kitchen nearby my house at a country club and I was being asked to move because my contract was ending. It wasn't that I had, you know, ruined anything at this business or a relationship was cut off. It was simply the fact that this business got busy in the summer. They were giving me a favor by giving me a start somewhere. I appreciate it so much, but I had to go. And so I was looking for a new kitchen and I could not find one. I was feeling extremely discouraged and I I hate to say that because I know this is all learning experiences, but I kind of gave myself a pity party for a little moment because this move seemed like the worst time for me. I felt like I was being stretched in so many different directions and I knew this was coming where I needed to find a new kitchen. But my production was going up because farmer's markets were starting in the next couple of weeks. I had never done farmer's markets. And so just the anticipation behind that and being in a new place and doing all of that. And now finding another kitchen just seemed extremely daunting and already exhausting to think about. Just to get into the kitchen that I was previously at had taken me quite some time. And I was very, very fortunate to have found Chad and the Twin Lakes Country Club. They were phenomenal. But it took a lot of cold calls and I hate hearing the word no. (laughs) I know, right? And who wants to be be told no? Essentially, it's just hard to hear that, hey, you're not what we're looking for. And for me, I take things pretty personally and I'm getting better at trying to take criticism. And so I know that they're not saying we don't like you as a person, Lydia, but sometimes it's just not the right fit for the business. And so I had to get in this right mindset while I was looking for a kitchen that the right place at the right time was going to say yes. And so I had a list of places that I had already contacted in the past and there were several that were maybes at the time. And since I had found the country club, obviously I didn't touch base with them afterwards, but I tried to touch base with them again. And some of them were like, nope, sorry, we're not able to accommodate you at this time or nope, uh, we appreciate that you, you contacted us. Just a lot of no's. However, there were several businesses that were not answering their calls. And so I would leave voicemails and please give me a call back. I'd send emails. Hey, I'm just doing a follow-up. I'd love to contact you. And it's hard because I say that I don't like to be told no, which I don't. But radio silence sometimes is awkward too. And so I'm just like, okay, do they just want to ignore me and I go away? (laughs) There's a couple places that just would not return a phone call. 
There was one place in particular that I kept calling back because it was my dream kitchen. And this place was um, Public Craft Brewing Company. It is in downtown Kenosha and it is a brewery, which if you kind of know with brewing kombucha, there's a lot of similarities to brewing beer. Little different microbes and things like that. But overall, a lot of the equipment is shared. And so to work alongside someone in a brewery would be freaking amazing. And so I thought, you know what, I'm just going to give it a shot. But unfortunately, I was getting the, sorry, he's not available, the owner. Or, sorry, we're going to have to think about this and get back to you. And that took about three, almost close to a month where uh, I didn't get a response. And by that time, we're going into June. And the kitchen that I was at is getting extremely busy. And they were not mean whatsoever, but you can definitely tell that they were bending for me. And I really don't want to put people out. And you could tell that they were trying to be really considerate of my supplies. But there's so many people and caterers and people that were coming through all the time that I really needed to get out of there soon. And and the owner was so, so kind. He has so many connections because he's been in the game way longer than I have. And he suggested that I meet with another restaurant down the road. And I met with, uh, and they're close friends, and I went to this kitchen and it would have worked. You know, it was a great kitchen. They, uh, they had space for me. I definitely would have to get creative, but I have already been creative before in this uh, past kitchen that I was in at the country club. And... I was going to say yes that next day uh, to this new place. There was one big con to saying yes, and that was that this restaurant happened to be for sale, that it's on the market. And it was really hard because it was my only option at the time. I was calling all these people and I was getting no, 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 no. And so just to have someone say yes, they had the space. It was right down the road. I really felt like this was the right place for me. Even though they're on the market, she was like, look, I probably won't get bought out. However, if I do get bought out, I'll write you into a clause that says you have X amount of time to get out. And I'm like, wow, I would hate to think about moving into another space. But I'm like, okay, stop thinking about all the what ifs. Let's just go ahead and do this. So I had met with her that day. I was going to give her the yes that next day. And surprisingly, the next morning, right before I called her and said, it's a go, I got a call back from Public Craft Brewing Company from the owner saying that he would be super thrilled to meet with me that week and talk about potentially having me in. And I was totally fangirling over the phone, but I was like, oh, yes, of course. Like, be professional, Lydia. Be professional. And he was like, you know, I would love to know more about the fermentation. I think it'd be really cool to collab. This is a really neat opportunity, it seems like. And I mentioned to him, I said, you know, the clock is ticking. I really need to move very soon. So if we could meet as soon as possible and and you can decide if I would be a great fit to be alongside you guys, let's do it. And he invited me in that same week. And I'm trying to be dramatic, but whatever. He said, yes. He said, let's try this out. And I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Like, this is the coolest thing ever. Um, And okay, this is like little aside, but I think everybody will appreciate this. Okay, so I had just celebrated in November my 30th birthday, and this happened to be where my husband had set up a surprise birthday party for me was at this public craft brewing company, and it was right around Halloween time, and it was just a small group of people, and we were wearing masks because it was still COVID time as well, and so it was just a really small group of people, and we had met, and he gave us a tour, and this is when I had met the owner originally, was on my birthday, and we were walking around 
And I'm just like, wow. And I kept telling the, my friends that were there, I was like, you guys, this is goals. I will get here one day. This is so cool. So fast forward literally several months and I'm moving in there. Oh, like that is the coolest thing ever, right? And I am so privileged to say that it has worked out great. And as of right now, I have just completed my first full week in the brewery and I'm learning how to basically come up with my systems, work alongside the kitchen staff to just make sure that I'm being respectful of their space and make sure that I have my hours set and it is going really well. The other pro about Public Craft Brewing Company is that, well, they're already a brewery. Like I mentioned, they have all these equipment, so I'm looking forward to learning from them, especially as I scale and learn about larger equipment. But they're also in downtown Kenosha, and this happens to be where my main market is. It's just two blocks away. And so getting to know this amazing community in Kenosha and just going towards this mission of opening an inclusive tap room in this city, I am in the city now, and I couldn't be more excited about moving forward and just all the feels, all the feels. So thank you for all the support. I know I've mentioned it to several people, especially at the markets. And I'm excited to see where this location and all these people that I'm working around takes me. So with that being said, I wanted to go into supply and demand and just talk about the farmer's markets and where I'm at. So I'm jumping a little bit. As mentioned before, I have one main market that I'm at every single Saturday, and that is downtown Kenosha at the Kenosha Harbor Market. And I am really enjoying it there so far. And I feel, especially now, I've completed my first month and a little past a month now. Wow, time really flies. I'm getting to learn the other vendors, and it's just a really neat place to be. And it's going extremely well in the sense that I cannot keep up. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Like I said, I'm growing out of my britches. So when we had first gone into farmer's markets, and I say we because my husband has been integral. Is that the word? Integral. Important. He's very important. He also has very strong muscles. (laughs) But he's been extremely supportive and important in helping me at farmer's markets because your girl didn't think about how heavy those coolers are going to be full of glass bottles. (laughs) it has been uh, a little crazy but he comes with me every single weekend and if he can't stay he'll at least go to set me up and oh Sean I love you thank you thank you thank you but getting into the market and setting up and, and going we had decided at the beginning of the season okay let's sign up for a couple different markets what we'll do is whatever we don't sell at the Kenosha Harbor Market we'll take to an additional market and I have one in Twin Lakes once a month as well as one in East Troy once a month. And East Troy is actually where I work at a bar up at the Hive Tap Room. And so I know a lot of the people there. And yeah, so that's kind of the thoughts behind the market. Anyway, what has been happening at the farmer's market is that the community has been getting to know us and have been enjoying the products. And I'm so excited to hear that. But they are supporting us so much that we are selling out every single weekend. And when I say selling out, we are selling out fast. Just to give you an idea of how much I bring, I can only bring so much because at this point, fermenters can only hold so much of a volume. And I had, before I moved over to public, I had, oh, I have to think about this. One, two, three, four, five, eight. I had eight seven-gallon fermenters. And I'm brewing literally all of that and bringing that to the market with about a half or three quarters of a fermenter that I've reserved for online orders. So not very much for online, but I was still growing that as well because a lot of people didn't know about our business yet. So that was enough at the time. 
what I'm finding now is, is that, oh, that translates to 40 bottles per flavor. So I have three different flavors. And if we can do the math together, <laughs> 40, 80, 120. So 120 bottles of each flavor. And then I bring about 15 of my shrubs. And depending on the week, I usually have one to two flavors of shrubs. So with the kombucha especially, because people really understand and are knowing kombucha now, which super awesome, you guys. That is amazing. It's so cool that people come up to our table and are like, I love kombucha. I want to learn more or, you know, that kind of stuff versus people like, what? what's kombucha? <laughs> you know, which I welcome everybody who comes up to my table. I'm not trying to make fun of those people who don't understand the product. That's why we're here too, because I want to share about this amazing drink to people. But it is interesting because people come up and once they like it, they don't order just a bottle. They order a six pack, which is so cool. But if they're all ordering six packs, I'm out of flavors extremely fast. And the market usually lasts from nine to two. And during the last couple of weeks, I have been selling out before noon. <sighs> and it's like a great problem to have. I'm absolutely not complaining whatsoever. But what's difficult with that is, is that because I can't sustain product until the end of the market, and I don't go home, by the way, you stay there. Even if you do sell out, you want to talk about your product and it's not like you can tear down because there are people there. So I welcome people still coming up to my table, but I unfortunately have to share that I am out of product. And it does build interest. Oh, I'll come back next week and thank you so much. And I appreciate those people. But I want to be able to get to a point where I can bring more kombucha to the markets. So I started learning, okay, I need to buy some more product. And really, this whole journey so far, I really wanted to establish this proof of concept. I've had some naysayers that said, really, you're just selling tea? You need to sell more. You need to do more. You need to do food, you know, something else. And I just really believed in fermented beverages, kombucha, and shrubs that this is a great, these are great products to sell, and I don't need much more than that. But anyway, getting back to that, I, I know I needed to get more equipment at this point, and I didn't know if I needed to because I, I first wanted to see if the market responded well. Okay, the market is responding well, so let's buy more. So I bought three more fermenters, and with the fermenters have to come the kegs and the CO2 tanks, and so just spending some money on that, I want to make sure that I'm being wise with that, and I did that so my volume can be a little bit higher. However, fermentation is a very patient thing. It's a three-week turnaround for me to be able to brew. And it's just me right now brewing and bottling and kegging and flavoring. So it takes a lot of love. I'm not even going to say time. It takes a lot of love going into each of the brews. And so I told my community that it's going to be several more weeks until I can bring out more volume to the market. And if you remember me talking a little earlier in this episode, I had said that whatever I don't have... Uh, I'm sorry, whatever I don't sell that I would bring to another market. Well, since I don't have any more product, I didn't have any more for another market. And some people were, when I say some people, there was like one or two people that were like, why don't you just reserve a couple bottles for the next market? But the thing is, is that I'm establishing where I want my business to be in Kenosha. And I felt it was very important that if my product is selling out at Kenosha, I want to meet those people's needs in Kenosha first than another location that I'm not focusing on. And I, I apologize. I know a, a lot of you follow me and they, you live in East Troy or Twin Lakes. And I very much appreciate your business and I don't want you to go anywhere. I keep wanting to be your boot supplier. Don't get me wrong. But 
I decided that instead of me bringing just like half the amount of kombucha and shrubs to my Kenosha market and selling out even that much more sooner and bringing a little bit to my other market, I would pull out of the market um, that was not Kenosha. So for example, I did have to pull out of a market in Twin Lakes recently and um, I'm thinking about pulling out of another one in the near future of East Troy simply because I don't have enough product quite yet. But I'm getting there. And that just goes back to this whole supply and demand. I had no idea this was going to be a thing. And right now, I am spinning my gears and I am trying my absolute best. But I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I didn't say that it was really hard. I've been spending every single day in the kitchen and it's a beautiful place to be. I enjoy it. I'm working hard. But I also am just putting out as much as I possibly can. And so I appreciate the patience with everyone at the markets. I appreciate those people who want to have me in retail. That's a whole nother aspect that I haven't really been able to discuss or really get into because people are saying, hey, I'd love to have you on tap. Hey, I'd love to have you in bottles. And right now I have to say, thank you so much. That is, wow. I cannot even express how grateful we are that you would even approach us and consider us. However, we just don't have enough product. And and this is just all part of the journey. I know deep down that there's going to be a day where I can give them kegs and taps. But right now, I am giving as much as I possibly can. And yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, you guys. I feel like I am just moving and shaking and going a million miles a minute. But I know at the end of the day, I'm giving my best. And I know you have probably been in a very similar season in your life. We all go through busy seasons. And I'm trying my best not to just say when someone says, hey, how are you? I hate to say I'm busy. You know, I'm blessed. I'm really happy about where I'm at. And honestly, I'm pretty hard on myself. And when I see myself not being able to meet the demand, I'm like, man, I wish. I should have enough. But then I remember... Your girl from last year was just thinking about how do I make one gallon of kombucha, nonetheless 70 gallons. That's where I'm at right now and just learning that process of scaling and it is humbling and exciting. I say exciting, you know, you should make that a drinking game. Take a shot of kombucha every time you hear me say so and exciting. (laughs) Oh man, you guys are awesome. I appreciate you listening today. If you want to contact me and you're a fellow brewer or you're a home brewer, I've been meeting so many home brewers coming up to my table at the farmer's market. It's so much fun. Um, Or you can directly email me. My email is livingfullkombucha at gmail.com. Otherwise, come visit if you can. And I actually had to pause my online uh, deliveries until July 5th because, as mentioned, my fermenters just aren't quite there yet. But I will get there. And it is so exciting. (laughs) You guys are great. Thank you so much. And in the meantime, be well and cheers. Cheers.